It is Fang Friday. Let's take a look at some of the big tech names in this 360 round. Joining me now, Nathan Peterson, Director of Derivatives Analysis at Schwab Center for Financial Research, and Howard Yu, Lego Professor of Management and Innovation at IMD Business School. Thank you both for being with us. So, Nathan, I'll start with you. I mean, it's very evident that we've seen the pressure on tech and the NASDAQ. In fact, the NASDAQ, after two months of gains, is looking with a down arrow this December. A name like Apple has been exciting. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts. Sure. Good morning, Nicole. So, first of all, I'd say, you know, mega cap tech, two, two big things that they have going for them. And right now, with all the uncertainty around Omicron, the, the playbook has been when things worsen in terms of the pandemic, uh, the money flow has a tendency to go back to these mega cap tech names. So in the event that that does continue to remain an issue here in the coming weeks as we're in the winter time, uh, that could be good for them. And then the other thing is with all this inflation talk, we still have the 10-year below 1.4%. When you have the yields that low, generally that bodes well for tech. Having said that, I think the biggest thing for mega cap tech that we got to worry about is that discussion around peak growth. And the reason I bring that up is there is a rolling valuation reset that's going on underneath the covers within technology, really those high multiple names. Now they haven't hit mega cap tech or done any kind of reset there, but if that peak earnings growth story gets any momentum, and the reason I bring that up, we see it with DocuSign and with Adobe recently and that slowing growth, uh, hopefully that's not something to portray that there'll be that kind of uh, uh, slowing growth within mega cap tech. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see that, as you're saying. And so, um, Howard, if you're, as you're taking a look at this, I saw that I'm interested to know your overall feeling on some of these names and how earnings, price-to-earnings ratio going forward, the, the valuations of some of these names. At the same time, I definitely want to get to this future readiness indicator. But first, when you look at the valuation of some of these names, some are lofty, some are not. Is that Okay. Well, what we're trying to get at is the future long-term growth prospect among these mega cap companies. And if you're looking at the competitiveness against the peer group, they undoubtedly, in terms of their readiness for the future, is still top of the league. Because after all, a company, in order to thrive over the long run, they need to deliver short-term result, which they do in terms of revenue growth and profit growth. But more importantly, if you're looking at the innovation pipeline, all the way to board diversity, definitely they have a much more of a balanced approach when managing longevity of their product lifecycle. So yeah, there would be always a short-term adjustment depending on the current news coming up. But if you're looking at the long right. run in terms of the competitiveness, they're still really on top of the league table. I saw your future readiness indicator and it had Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Meta, AMD, NVIDIA at the top. Right. Those were the top five. That's right. Um, on the bottom end, I saw Oracle, Broadcom, Texas Instruments. These are still some Intel and Cisco are in this uh, bottom half of it, I should say, IBM. Yeah. Tell me about the winners and then some of the laggards, Howard. Right. I mean, if you're thinking about the technology sector, it's really sort of the fruit flies of industry because the clock speed is so fast. One of the defining factors for organization to continue to stay on top of competition is the ability to branch out to new services. 
new product and able to scale. That distinguished organization, whether it's Google Alphabet or Amazon for sure, but even Nvidia and AMD, they're able to take on what they had in, before in semiconductor and going big time into AI. Compare and contrast one great example, Nicole, you just pointed out, Intel, right? But uh, because they have so much factory, which is great in terms of supply chain angle, but for an entrepreneurship angle for a company, they're getting locked into this infrastructure and factory. As a result, their business really getting stuck with the PC and server and so on. This is the critical moment because in order for organization to continue to capture new growth, they have to evolve their business model. They have to branch out to new services and so on. That becomes a distinguished factor. If you compare those sitting on top, they're very entrepreneurial. Those at the bottom half, they become maybe a little bureaucratic internally. That, you know, I, th I see where you're coming from. And I, I think anybody who's fully immersed in the markets understands what it is that you're trying to say. Um, Nathan, as you take a look, I know you have some charts ready for some of these names that are leading in this future readiness indicator that he's put together. I mean, names like Apple, Microsoft, um, Meta and Google are all on there in the top 10. Could you do um, a charting or some thoughts on one or two of these? Uh, sure. So, you know, I'd say out of all of them, you know, probably Apple looks the best just on a relative strength basis. Um, but if you look over the past five days or so, there have been a couple of bearish uh, uh, chart patterns there. One being a, a bearish piercing line. That's when you get a uh, open above a previous uh, green bar. And then uh, it, it's a, a bearish candle that follows it and comes down to the halfway point. And then we recently had a bearish engulfing candle. We also had that in the NASDAQ 100. And again, what I think this speaks to is really this valuation reset. There's some tentativeness around some, uh, a little bit of discomfort around some of these higher multiples. And we saw that in the, in the earnings reaction to DocuSign, to Adobe. And the numbers were not that bad, but it just shows you the sensitivity to they have to these levels. Um, Howard mentioned uh, Oracle and Cisco. What I find funny about that is they recently hit 52-week highs. The reason I think they, that is happening is because they have a sub-market multiple. Cisco's around 16, Oracle's around 20. Apple's around 29. And to Howard's point about innovation, I think that's going to be extremely important. While relatively speaking, they're not your 10, 20 price to sales types companies, Apple's at a 29 PE, Microsoft's at a 32. These are not cheap for companies of this size. You have to be able to justify that type of a multiple. And I think the question comes, at what point are you so big that you're kind of saturated? And even if you are moving into new areas and buying up competition, are you able to sustain a multiple or a growth rate yeah. uh, that the market is willing to justify via your PE? Howard, I have about 20 seconds left. Just a final thought. You and your team put this together. What was most exciting about it? Well, it turns out some of these phenomena we observe is not just applying for technology. What IMD have discovered is some of these like entrepreneurial behavior and the ability to learn from outside. It turns out whether you're a consumer brand or the way to the technology company or automotive, successful company really behave with universal principle. And that's the, the big haha moment. There are secular trends we need to pay attention across industry for sure. But the CEO behavior, the board composition, and the firm behavior, you can actually distinguish the winner versus the losers. So, you know, next week we're going to see Nike and so on. Right. So that will be a recurring yeah. theme coming. Uh, I got to jump in right here. Howard Yu, IMD Business School, Nathan Peterson, Schwab Center for Financial Research. Thank you both.